Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage. Today is the 17th of February, 2021. I am your host, David Castle, a.k.a. Homage the Lion Killer. Thanks a lot for being here with me. Hope y'all had a great Valentine's Day. And uh, I hope you're having a good week, too. Lots of crazy stuff going on in the world, and I'm looking forward to discussing it with you or to you, with myself here in this room alone. (laughs) But that's okay. Uh, First thing I want to talk about today has to do with the vaccine. I've been doing a little bit of research into it um, and just trying to figure out what's what's going on with it. I've, I've talked about it on this show a bunch of times, just kind of questioning the necessity of it and the, the safety just given with how quickly it was made. And uh, this new type of vaccine, what they're calling a vaccine, it has it's nothing like a traditional vaccine. It's this mRNA thing. Uh, it shouldn't even be called a vaccine in all honesty uh, because it's, it's not a vaccine. It's not like a traditional vaccine. It's something new. And they really want everyone to take it. Um, It's being pushed heavily by politicians, by the media, by celebrities, by basically everyone. And we're just being told to take it and then things can go back to normal. But then they started coming out and saying, well, even if you do take it, you're still going to have to wear your mask and, and social distance and act like you still have the disease. But and even if you do take the vaccine, you can still get the disease, but supposedly it's not going to be as bad. And then you look at the numbers for how many people actually died from this thing and what the survival rate is um, in comparison to the supposedly positive test through the faulty PCR testing method, which shouldn't even be used to diagnose people. You realize that it's like a over 98% survival rate. So it just doesn't make sense why, why you should take the vaccine. Um, and then, especially considering that it's not even a real vaccine. And then you got uh, other doctors and, and scientists coming out and saying that COVID-19 has never even been isolated in a lab, which means it hasn't even been proven to exist. I don't know the validity of that or how true that is, but I have heard it spoken about by some pretty credible, intelligent people. And uh, so there's just all these questions as to what is this thing and why do they want to put it in all of our bodies? <laughs> and uh, this this discussion is being stifled. Uh, they don't want us to talk about it. They don't want us asking questions. And there are repercussions for people who do come out publicly and use their platform to just ask questions and, and question the safety of this, this new experimental process and uh, question whether or not we really need it and, and what it what's the true nature of this. What's it for? So I was doing some research into this because obviously I got a lot of questions trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, me with my limited science training and not much medical training either. I guess I have more science training than medical training. But uh, I can only understand so much. But what I, what I can decipher with my small brain, is that it's not what they tell us it is. Um, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and give you my theory for what I think the vaccine could be. I think, and this is just my opinion, although it, it does have some some background to it, I think the vaccine has to do with the whole 
transhumanist agenda and really changing people into some different kind of being. It's it's not really like like human 2.0, but making people into cyborgs and shit. But connecting everyone to the internet, like connecting your actual body so they know everything about you um, at all times. Like take, for instance, right now what they have or what we have, what everyone has is, is cell phones and the internet and, and everything that goes along with that. And that is an all-encompassing network, the internet is. And you could tell it was designed for that because the people who invented the internet was DARPA, which is um, the research branch of the Pentagon, which is the military in the United States. And uh, another interesting connection is DARPA were the people who were doing the original mRNA research for this new vaccine that's that has uh, come out recently. So interesting connection there. Um, but right now, everyone has the internet, and the internet was created by the military as a as a surveillance tool because everything on the internet and the and the biggest internet companies all have ties to like just the fucking, you know, the the organization that's doing everything. Illuminati, New World Order, fucking government thing, whatever you want to call it. I think it's beyond governments. I think it goes above that. Uh, But the internet came out of that and out of that group's research. And you can go right onto DARPA's website and read about how they invented the internet. It says on there that they're the ones who invented it. So, What's cool about the internet for them is that it captures everyone's data and you know everything about everyone. And that's what institutions like the CIA are all about. Intelligence, the Central Intelligence Agency. Because when you have everyone's information and you know what everyone is talking about and you know everyone's tendencies and uh, everything they look up, uh, how, what kind of entertainment they like, what, you know, anything, anything you can imagine – you can find out about someone through what they look up on the internet. And then, on top of that, pretty much everything you say when you're in the vicinity of something that's connected to the internet, like like the Alexas, for example, or just your iPhone, like it's they're fucking listening to you all the time. Xboxes, PS5s, they're always listening, and, and all that data is going somewhere. So it can be interpreted, and then it gets sold to like, big corporations and then they use it to advertise to you and it's a whole giant business and network where um yeah it's a very effective marketing tool the internet is in in social media but it's also a very effective tool for governments and for surveilling um people and and fucking telling them what to do and shit because <laughs> everyone's connected to it all the time now that I think that was the original purpose for the internet, and obviously it has a bazillion different uses, and it's it's very cool. The internet's fucking awesome. I wouldn't be able to talk to you right now if it wasn't for the internet. So um, it is a revolutionary invention, and they're like it's hard to even compare it to anything before. But now what's going on is there's a idea to connect people's actual bodies and everyone's brains to the internet. So everyone is in the internet at all times. And there are people like Elon Musk who come out and say that we're going to have to implant uh, things in our brains. It's called Neuralink. 
and it's going to level us up and give us the ability to think like a computer and enhance our abilities. And that's what's going to be necessary in order to compete in the world of the future and to keep up with artificial intelligence and supercomputers and robots and all this shit that's fucking here right now. And it's just getting crazier by by the day. So on top of that, though, is nanotechnology. And it, actually, I guess it's just in conjunction with it. Basically, with nanotechnology you can have little surveillance robots and and little sensors inside of your body all around in your bloodstream and they're constantly in you and they're interacting with um they're sending out signals and shit like wireless signals like bluetooth signals or whatever something like that i don't know i'm explaining this in a terrible way but i'm just trying to get you the overall idea it might the exact semantics might be a little different but with nanotechnology you can put these little sensors inside of people and they can monitor everything you do and uh they can monitor your health your heart beat um your blood pressure all, all sorts of health data but they can also put little um antennas and sensors and and chips and stuff into your brain like what Neuralink is and that could control your thoughts, and it will control your thoughts. It could, well, supposedly what Neuralink is for is you control other things with your thoughts. Like you control your cell phone with your thoughts. And I'll, I'll read some stuff off of Neuralink's website to get you a better idea as to um, what that shit's about, at least what they say it's about. Um, but basically there there's an idea that we want to take human beings to the next level and merge man with machine. And this is an idea called transhumanism. And people, very powerful, rich people, um, have a lot invested into this and are very convinced that this is the future and this is what we're going to do. Now, that sounds great if if the people who run ran the world were like somewhat trustworthy. But we all know that they're not and they're constantly lying and pretty much everything that they say something is for is usually the complete opposite, but they're just selling it to you so you accept it. Now, I think the basically trying to wrap this all up and, and bring everything together, I think the vaccine could be part of that, which sounds fucking crazy to a lot of people, probably. And maybe it is crazy. Maybe it is totally untrue. But the the thing is, like, there's so much verifiable evidence that the same type of technology which is being used towards the transhumanist goal, the nanotechnology and um, all that kind of stuff, it's being actually used in these mRNA vaccines. Now, not every COVID vaccine is an mRNA vaccine. Uh, A couple of them are, though, and they're some of the bigger ones. Exactly which ones I would have to look at. I think the Moderna and the Pfizer one. Um, But I think there's another one, too, which is... uh, a traditional vaccine, like more, more like what the other ones are. Not to say that that's safe by any means either, because there's some people who say that no vaccine is good, but I don't know. Uh, but what I do know is that this new technology, which has never been ex- used on the public in mass before, like it's never happened, this mass experimentation has never happened before. And this is the same type of technology it utilizes nanotechnology. Supposedly, it's to change some protein inside of your cell. 
and make it so you're resistant to COVID, which has never been isolated and, or proven to exist, supposedly. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, but apparently that's what it does, and it needs to use these nanobots inside of you, and they swim around. And What's crazy about nanotechnology is like it kind of defies all traditionary laws of physics because they're so tiny, and they just operate on a different type of laws or a different set of laws, I guess would be the right terminology. You could just do some crazy fucking shit with this. And the fucking technology out there is nuts. So maybe my theory is a little crazy, but there's um doctors and stuff coming out here and talking about this, experts on this topic. Now, this is a fringe thing and probably shouldn't be something you confront like a super normie type person with in order to try to convince them not to take the vaccine. There's other um, arguments that can be made which are more terrestrial, I guess you could say. Like, for example, just with the rapidity of, of uh, how this thing was made and how it was just rushed through because the mRNA process was something that pharmaceutical companies and vaccine makers have been trying to get passed by the FDA for a long time, but they couldn't get it through. And then COVID came, and then they did an emergency fucking authorization of this thing. And they skipped uh, the the normal tests that you have to go through with a vaccine. So, I mean, that should be concerning in itself. It should make people apprehensive and reluctant and at least raise some some questions as to whether or not this thing, first of all, is necessary why, why would you take something if it's unnecessary? And second of all, why would you take something that hasn't been properly tested and was rushed through, especially something that can affect your health like so drastically? Because this this is real shit. I mean, it it's always in you too. It's not like it's going to go away. I mean, these things are, it's in you. So anyways, I think it's, uh, yeah, I've kind of hinted at this before that, that something else is going on here. But... I'm just going to play this clip, and it's kind of a longer clip. It's like five or six minutes. It is from a doctor named Dr. Carrie Madej. She is trained in osteopathic medicine, so she's a real doctor. She's not like a, I don't know, who would be not be a real doctor, a chiropractor. She's a medical doctor. And she's someone who's been uh, studying vaccines for a really long time, for decades, and she explains what this vaccine is. Actually, no, I don't think she explains exactly what it is in this clip. But basically, the with the mRNA vaccine, it's it's a GMO vaccine. So there's genetically modified organisms inside of it, but it also genetically modifies you. It turns you into a genetically modified organism, but it also has these little nanobots in it. And I want you to listen to her talking about um, what this could possibly be used for and some experiences she's had with uh, people who are trying to implement uh, implement, <laughs> implement this technology before, uh, nanotechnology for the purpose of, of like having sensors inside of people and all that shit. So yeah, Dr. Carrie Madej, a very intelligent woman talking about nanotechnology. Let's see, right about now. Well, uh, my experience and knowledge about nanotechnology came from actually a business meeting I attended. Mm-hmm. And so it had nothing to do with even my medical meetings so much. Um, 
this business meeting happened in um, Metro Atlanta and it's one that you had to get invited to. And I really only went to one of the meetings because I disagreed with the intention and motivation of this group. Mm-hmm. So this group, when I went to the meeting, we had to be bused in. We could not drive to this location. Our cell phones were jammed. And this was back like around 2014, which was new for me to experience that. We, I couldn't even walk back to my car. It was too far away. I couldn't leave the building. I wasn't allowed to leave the building. Yeah, not until the meeting was done. Yeah, a different kind of business meeting. And the whole <laughs> agenda there, there's different people, mostly tech, uh, big tech, um, you know, some people from CNN, etc. So the agenda was to talk about how do we fix the behavior of people in Metro Atlanta, because we see a problem, we want people from different countries to come open their businesses here. And we as business owners have taken on this responsibility of fixing the behavior of the people here because they're too racist and they're not amenable to new culture. So we're going to fix it. Now there's no voting on it, no asking others, they're going to do it. And so they came up with the idea of using a health app on our phones. At the time, the health app was not downloaded, but it is now on everybody's phone. It's there. And this is how they described how they would use this kind of technology, which is using nanotechnology. They said they already have the software in the phone, which they do to measure almost anything you can think of inside of our bodies. They can measure your menstrual cycle. If you're fertile, if you're having sex, if you're brushing your teeth, if you're drinking alcohol, how much alcohol, your drugs you're taking, your thoughts, your emotions, they know when you're lying because it has a lie detector test already in here. Your voice inflection app on here, it can tell immediately if you're lying by the voice inflection app, all kinds of things. So just to butt in here real quick, she's talking about the health app on your phone, which is like that little heart, at least on the iPhones. And just a quick little story here. I didn't even know that thing existed until I was on top of a volcano in Indonesia with some guy who worked for Apple. Just so happens he had quit his job. He formerly worked for Apple. And I was just wondering, I was like, man, how far did I just fucking walk? Because it felt like I walked like 20 miles up a volcano in the rain. And it was crazy, right? Crazy shit I've ever done. So I want to see how many steps I took or so. I didn't even know. I didn't know none of this uh, existed. But he's like, yeah, just pull out your phone and uh, it'll tell you how many steps you took. I was like, what? Uh, I was like, no, I don't have that app. Like, I don't have that shit. Um, He's like, no, everyone has it. I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, But I was like, my phone's not on, so it doesn't matter. And he's like, well, it doesn't matter if your phone is on or not. It fucking still tracks you. I was like, what the fuck? So yeah, it, it, this health app um, tracks you all the time whether or not your phone is even on, apparently. It must have some extra battery like in the phone that somehow makes that thing work. I don't know. I don't know the science behind it. But I know that's what it did to me. So she's talking about this meeting that she went to in Atlanta with these business people who are trying to change Atlanteans' fucking ways (laughs) and uh, make them more suitable for the type of business that they want to do in this town. And they're going to use nanotechnology. Oh, fucking, uh, I'll just let her tell you. So back to her. So they already have it there. They can do it through sweat glands and different voltage can uh, channel um, voltage ion channel gates in our body. 
through biosensors. Okay, so biosensors is a brand- Is this on the phone? So, so, so the software's in the phone. What they needed to do is get the substrate inside of the body so that we could communicate wirelessly with our phone uh. or any side, not just our phone, right? So this was a bona fide true business meeting, okay? I was one of the only other medical professionals there. Mostly these were tech people and business people. Oh. I happened to own my own clinic at the time. That's how I got there. So I couldn't understand how they would get the people to agree to the substrate. They never said this, but let me give you the example of how they were going to use it on the people. We were going to be the pilot city. So they said, let's imagine two women talking on the phone. The one woman asked the other woman, where are you? You're supposed to be at the restaurant at five o'clock. You're not here. The other woman said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm running late at the gym. When she said that, the phone would know she's lying would light up, give her an instant repercussion. They didn't say what the instant repercussion would be, but they would, the phone's uh, system would actually calculate how many times she lied over, let's say six months. At the end of six months, she would be given a, a, either a, a, you know, a penalty or a, a bonus, whatever you wanna call it. If she lied too much, she couldn't get the mortgage for the house she wanted. She couldn't get the job she wanted. She couldn't go to the school she wanted. She couldn't eat good food. She'd have to eat bad food. Um, she couldn't go to nice, fun concerts. Um, so that's called social credit system that China's using. We talked about using it in Atlanta as a pilot city. Now, in what, what year? year? This was at the end of 2014. They wanted to unveil it around five years from around now, right? They're behind their timeline. This is a real meeting, okay? So I was appalled because they were talking about using this and not asking anyone's permission. They were just going to start implementing it. They, the only missing link was the substrate. How could they get those biosensors inside of us? And if people don't understand what a biosensor can do, there's dropdowns on your health app you can look at. It has everything. But if you go to Profusa on YouTube, they have a little two-minute clip. So uh, I actually went to Profusa on YouTube. I do this shit. When people say to do something, I just do it. I'm a, I'm a go-getter, man. So this is the DARPA guy, and this is a DARPA project called Profusa. And, and what this thing is is like a little patch that you put onto you, and it has these little fucking sensors. Apparently, you don't even need the patch, though. Uh, like it puts the nanobots into you and then they swim around your bloodstream and then you could like, you know, check your blood pressure or whatever. The, basically, the, then the military can mind control you and then they make you go shoot up a school and fucking, you know, have some Sandy Hook shit type shit happen. I don't know. That's what I think they would do. But <laughs> here's here's the guy from DARPA discussing this. And it's funny on the YouTube video, every comment was like, this is the mark of the beast. Fuck this shit. Literally hundreds and hundreds of them were just bagging on this fucking technology. So check it out. Hello, uh, I'm Colonel Matt Hepburn. Uh, I'm a program manager in the Biological Technologies Office uh, at DARPA. I am a active duty Army infectious diseases physician and have specialized in 
uh, addressing biological threats um, that can either be engineered or naturally occurring, such as Ebola or pandemic influenza. Today we're going to be talking about one of the technologies that I actively manage, a company called Profusa, which is aiming at achieving tissue-level continuous health monitoring. Through the SBIR program, we funded them to solve a incredible technical challenge that no one else had been previously able to solve. The key innovation that was presented to us is they said, why can't we make a chemical substance that's really identical to what's underneath the skin, what we call the subcutaneous tissue, so that your body doesn't recognize it as a foreign body response. It just incorporates itself into the tissue. And we have a lot of examples now where a sensor put right underneath the skin can sense things like oxygen and other chemicals that are very important to our metabolism. And not just sense that for a day or a week or even a month, but we imagine that sensing these parameters can go on for a period of years. One of the most important applications to us is so that we can improve the health of our worldwide deployed military force. We feel a strong uh -huh. sense of yeah. obligation that if we're going to ask somebody to be deployed and to carry out their mission, that we want to keep them healthy. And this technology will give us a way to monitor if someone is getting sick. We imagine that we would be able to sense that very early and therefore prevent them from getting sick and prevent their complications, allow them to stay healthy and continue to carry out their mission. Yeah, so boom, exactly what we're talking about here. Um, implanting these little sensors, he doesn't call them nanobots. I think that name or that phrase um, throws people off. So they'll um, euphemize it and, and use these different types of terms to avoid um, having abrasive language that might turn people off. But what he's talking about is putting little robots under your skin that fucking watch everything you do from inside of you. Like, we already have a all-encompassing surveillance grid fucking everywhere around us. Like, your phone is always listening to you. There's cameras on, like, every light pole and fucking security cameras everywhere. They can hack into your ring doorbell thing. Your TV's watching you. So you're already being watched from outside of yourself pretty much all the time everywhere. But now you're going to be watched from within. But they want to do it for your own good they say and it's darpa the a military this is a military operation and if you understand where the military's at right now since the war on terror um the everyday citizen is now the um the possible enemy anyone could be the enemy and that's why you need mass surveillance all the time on everyone because anyone could be a terrorist supposedly uh and especially after like what happened on January 6th when there there there's been a resurgence of the domestic terrorist narrative where anyone could be a terrorist and we got to watch everyone and same shit they did with the Patriot Act. So just interesting. We'll get back to Dr. Madei talking about this shit of, right of here. Advertising of some of the things they can do with this biosensor. And Profusa happens to be DARPA's little baby company. Okay. So again, it goes back to the Department of Defense, goes back to DARPA always. So they on, on that two-minute clip, they're gonna they're gonna tell you you have to have like a little patch on you. You don't need the patch. That's just to make it not look so scary. 
they don't need the patch. As long as you have the biosensors inside your body, now how do you get them? The, the most efficacious way to get the payload into your body, a payload, is through injection or microneedle platform. And they use something called hydrogel. It's also known as nanolipid particle, nanotechnology. They will use many different names to get you to not understand what they're using, right? It's just sleight of hand kind of thing, but mm -hmm. it's all the same stuff. And when I, so that goes back to this. So when I learned about the meeting, I was horrified. I, I was like, I'll never go back to this group again. I don't agree with them. Everybody's clapping, some standing ovation. And I asked the people there, how can you be okay with this technology? And they said, well, soon you'll see. It's either us or them, which side are you on? I said, I know the side I'm on. <laughs> and I said, if you think this technology won't be used on you, you're a fool. Because we're talking about an algorithm, a computer with a hu one human, not other humans involved. This will turn on you too. You'll be involved. You're a fool, you know? So I never went back. And then I thought, well, that's much further in the future. I don't have to worry about it until I saw the ingredients of this COVID-19 vaccine. And that's when my heart sank and I was horrified. I'm like, I have to talk because they're using these kinds of chemical moieties called nanolipid particles, which can also be used as biosensors. I believe this is the way they can get this into our body. Once there's enough in our body, enough of a payload, they can turn the system on. And you won't even know it's been turned on on you. You won't even know. You'll just be, um, yeah, fucking under surveillance, part of the internet of things. And then what if they could just flip a switch and make you explode? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's just that they... The mainstream media, obviously, they're always lying about fucking everything. They're paid off by the pharmaceutical companies. I don't think every reporter is evil. I think they're just telling, saying what they are told to say. And uh, it comes from the top down, just like in every organization. So I, this COVID vaccine, it, I think it's part of something way bigger. I, this type of shit is not like um, un, unfeasible. It's very possible, and this is where technology is. It would be one thing if uh, none of this technology existed and it was all just hypothetical uh, or maybe 50 years in the future or something like that, but this is actual stuff which exists right now, right this moment. So it's not too crazy to make this connection, especially if you understand the history of this organization these evil motherfuckers who are who are pushing this on us when it's completely unnecessary because of the survival rates of the disease. So, you know, I just uh, trying to do this research and, and let you know that there actually is validity to these types of claims. Um, it's not like the pharmaceutical companies are going to come out and say, hey, while we're giving you this vaccine for this disease with a 98% survival rate that's never been isolated, that's fucking a bunch of false positives are, are being pushed out for to prolong this pandemic. Uh, in, in addition to saving you from this with this new rush vaccine, we're also going to put some robots in you and monitor everything you do for your own good. See, it doesn't really, it's hard to sell people on that. But if you mandate this and you make it so everyone has to fucking take it, then it works pretty good. Um, so just a theory you know, this is a conspiracy theory. I'll come out there and say it. 
but it's a pretty fucking, I mean, this one's got legs to stand on. And uh, just continuing on this train of thought and possibilities, uh, we're on biocentury.com, which is a, the hell is this? It's some sort of like medical website. And it's talking about how DARPA fucking helped create this thing. Uh, DARPA's gambles might have created the best hopes for stopping COVID-19. Uh, blah, blah, blah. This is by Stephen Ustin from the Washington Editor, and this was back in March of 2020. But this is talking about how they were doing that mRNA vaccine or mRNA research for years. So, a U.S. defense agency that specializes in turning scientific fantasies into realities jump started technologies and nurtured companies that are now at the forefront of the response to the COVID 19 pandemic. So, it tells you right. Right off the bat, that DARPA, well, they didn't say DARPA yet, but U.S. defense agencies um, are the ones who created this technology and are the ones who paid the companies. <laughs> so it's straight up military shit. So the Defense Research Advanced Project Agency, DARPA, has taken risks where others wouldn't. Why wouldn't they? They have all the money in the world. Its pursuit of high-risk, high-reward technologies combined with its mission-driven approach to managing projects is promising to pay off in the fight against COVID-19. DARPA was behind the creation of DNA and RNA vaccines, funding early R&D by Moderna and uh, Innovio Pharmaceuticals at a time when the technologies were considered speculative by many scientists and investors. The Military Research and Development Agency believed nucleic acid-based vaccines could be developed much faster than conventional technologies. Its funding, project management, and vote of confidence helped de-risk the science and attract investments and partnerships. Uh, National Institute of Health selected Moderna as its partner for COVID-19 vaccine development. What a surprise, right? So the, the National Institute of Health chooses the DARPA company to make the vaccine. I mean, do you see, I don't think, it sucks, man, that people don't realize what's really going on with these companies, you know? Like, it's all it's all part of the same group. Fucking the baby-eating group. The, the Epstein group, you know? Bill Gates. Elon Musk. I'm just kidding, I don't fucking know. Bill Gates, definitely. Elon's not so much into the vaccine but he's into another part of it when it and it all comes full circle it's all involved with one another anyways this week an rna vaccine produced by moderna became the first covid19 candidate vaccine to be administered in a phase one trial and it just goes on and on and i'll i'll put this um i'll put a link in the show notes so you can read this article yourself if you're interested but just it just outlines how darpa was the people who fucking Made this shit. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, DARPA, and this is Amy Jenkins from DARPA. A big quote here. It says, It was something that was much too risky for groups like the NIH to fund. So there you are right there. You got the DARPA person themselves saying how risky this technology is. And this was just rushed through in, in a few months. And we're all being told to take this. And we're being told not to question it whatsoever. It's fucking crazy, man. Um, just because there's so much, like, verifiable evidence, it's true. All of this stuff is true that, like, 
this is what's happening and this is the technology being used. It's just, I think people have a tough time conceptualizing this futuristic technology and where we really are in terms of technology. And who knows what the real technology is that's fucking out there. Who knows how many fucking clones and shit are are walking around. Like, I don't know, man. There's some crazy stuff going on. You can watch the show Westworld. I think it's on HBO. And uh, it's about this old-timey Western world that rich people can pay to go to where everyone there is a like a transhumanist robot. They're just robots, and they go there, and then they kill people because there's no rules because you're just killing robots, but they look exactly like people, and you can, like, have sex with them and and do all this crazy shit and pretend you're in the wild, wild west, and then after you kill them and rape them and kill their kids and do all this fucked up shit, they just get taken back to the lab, and the scientists rebuild them using 3D printing and nanotechnology and self-replicating nanobots and and all this shit that we actually really have. So, crazy. And another thing, building upon what Dr. Madej was talking about with the um, the biosensors, if you watch the newest, I don't know if it's the, I think it's the newest James Bond, the one of the ones with Daniel Craig, this thing, all of the James Bonds have like so much predictive programming in it and kind of, symbols to people who are in the know as to where technology really is but he has these little biosensors injected into him with this gun like by the Q guy who makes all his cool gadgets he's there getting ready for a mission and he's showing him all the shit that he's gets gets to use and he injects him with these um nanobots because you know old James Bond he's fucking kind of going off the rails and they couldn't keep up with everything he was doing, so they wanted to put some little sensors in his bloodstream so they could watch everything he was doing all the time. And this is, they really have this. This is true. Nanotechnology, biosensors injected into you. And even beyond that, um, there's sensors that people think are being sprayed out in the chemtrails and fucking being used to cover the whole world and create some sort of 3D holographic representations and they had that in uh avatar if you watch that movie like in their little avatar alien world um they had a full working replica of like everywhere because there was just nano sensors everywhere there's like bazillions of them i don't even know the right number to put on it because there's so many of them and they're so tiny but if you have everything covered in these sensors and they're all communicating with one another fucking you just know you're like god at that point you know everything all the time and what's happening so there's a goal to do this i think the ultimate goal of this satanic cult that runs the world is to replace god and uh become god but like an evil shitty version if whether or not you believe in that or not i think they believe in some some fucked up shit where that's their goal so and just to continue to build on this um, I have this article here, which came out in November of 2019 from the Army Times, talking about some Army stuff, and this is Cyborg Warriors Could Be Here by 2050, DOD study group says. Uh, ear, eye, brain, and muscular enhancement 
is technically feasible by 2050 or earlier, according to a study released this month by the U.S. Army's Combat Capabilities Development Command. The demand for cyborg-style capabilities will be driven in part by the civilian healthcare market, which will acclimate people to an industry fraught with ethical, legal, and social challenges, according to the Defense Department researchers. So notice what they say here. They're going to use the civilian healthcare market to acclimate people to this entire industry, which in essence is the transhumanist industry. It's it's combining human beings with uh, technology and, and making you into a fucking cyborg. So they're going to use this, they're going to use civilian means to normalize this. And what they're going to say is it's going to help blind people to see. It's going to help deaf people to hear. Uh, like what they say with the Neuralink thing is it's going to help a paraplegic, someone who can't move their hands or feet or and they can't speak and they can't do anything. They're completely fucked in every way. Well, if we put this chip in their brain, then they can get an iPhone <laughs> and use that. Um, so this is the way it's sold to the public as a as a benefit to them. When really, I, I think the general purpose um, behind them the whole time was a military application um, for surveillance and just, yeah, making some badass fucking cyborg soldiers, which they probably already got that shit too. I mean, I would. I'd be having some badass cyborgs. Uh, sex robots too. We all know that's coming. We all know those are here. People want to fuck robots. A lot of girls already do. A lot of girls only fuck robots. They're vibrators, you know? But anyways, went off on a tangent there. Implementing the technology across the military, however, will likely run up against the dystopian narratives found in science fiction, among other issues, the researchers added. The report, entitled Cyber Soldier 2050, Human-Machine Fusion and the Implications for the Future of the DOD, is the result of a year-long assessment. It was written by a study group from the DOD Biotechnologies for Health and Human Performance Council, which is tasked to look at the ripple effects of military biotechnology. The team identified four capabilities as technically feasible by 2050. That's only... It's 19 years from now. It's really not that fucking long. Uh, Ocular enhancements to imaging, sight, and situational awareness. Restoration and programmed muscular control through an optogenetic bodysuit sensor web. Uh, So like an Iron Man. Like fucking Iron Man shit. Auditory enhancement for communication and protection. And direct neural enhancement of the human brain for two-way data transfer. Transfer. So mind control soldiers. The study group suggested that direct neural enhancements in particular could revolutionize combat. This technology is predicted to facilitate read and write capability between humans and machines and between humans through brain-to-brain interactions, an executive summary reads. These interactions would allow warfighters direct communication with unmanned and autonomous systems as well as with other humans to optimize command and control systems and operations. Now this this term right here, command and control, this is what it's all about. This is what the chemtrails are about. This is what the 5G is about. The supercomputers, fucking uh, the nanotechnology, it's all about command and control. And what that is, this is a... A military term for well, exactly what it says, command and control, the complete control of everything and the complete integration of everything into the Internet of Things 
and this uh, controllable network where you have everyone's data and you know everything that's happening at all times and uh, everything is involved in it. And if you think they're just going to stop at soldiers here, if that's not frightening enough, a robot soldier, you think uh, soldiers who are sent to a foreign country to kill people who they never met before, you think they're bad now, What what's it going to be like when they're fucking robots <laughs> and when their brain is controlled by some microchip that's controlled by the Illuminati. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. So they say we're th- we're 30 years out from that. And uh, I'll just continue reading this because it's a really interesting article. Um, Cyborg technologies are likely to be used among civil society as well over the next 30 years, the researchers noted. Development of these capabilities will probably be driven by civilian demand and a robust bioeconomy that is at its earliest stages of development in today's global market. Uh, But it's after the year 2050 that the implications of cyborg capabilities become concerning. Introduction of augmented human beings into the general population, DOD active duty personnel, and near-peer competitors will accelerate in the years following 2050 and will lead to imbalances, inequalities, and inequities in established legal security and ethical frameworks. The summary reads, Uh, I'm pretty sure Nigel Houston is one of these fucking motherfuckers who had this done to him. The skateboarder, Nigel Houston, he's too good. He's too fucking good at skating, man. He's a robot, and they throw him in with the regular people to see what he could do to the skateboarding world. It's true. The study group proposed seven recommendations listed in no particular order for Pentagon leaders to consider. The military should take a second look at the global and societal perception of human-machine augmentation. Americans typically imagine China or Russia developing runaway technologies because of a lack of ethical concerns, but the attitudes of our adversaries toward these technologies have never been verified. U.S. political leaders should use forums like NATO to discuss how cyborg advancements could impact interoperability between allied forces during operations. The Pentagon should start investing in legal, security, and ethical frameworks to anticipate emerging technologies and better prepare for the future. Leaders should support policies that protect individual privacy, sustain security, and manage personal and organizational risk while maximizing defined benefits to the U.S. and its allies and blah, blah, blah. So it's talking about things that they should do ethically um, when this does become an everyday thing. But you got you to realize that the technology that they have and what they even allow the public to know that they're working on is usually some shit that they already did like 20 years ago or maybe 50 years ago. And the stuff they're working on now, the new shit, is probably 50 years advanced. And that's just the way it operates. That's the way they do stuff. So crazy stuff to to consider. Um, You know, mainstream sources talking about creating cyborg warriors. And and then you have, like I said, the vaccine thing, which utilizes the same type of technology which will be used which probably already is being used um, in the biosensor organization. And then, um, like, in conjunction with that, at the same time, you have the 5G Internet of Things being introduced and rolled out across the world. And the thing is, all of these things work uh, in collusion with one another. They're all They can all be integrated. And... 
none of this shit is ran by mom and pop down the street, you know, like a local 5G shop. <laughs> it's it's all these big giant tech companies, which which were originally made by the fucking army and, and stuff like that, you know? The bankers, whatever you want to call it. When they have so many, they have their fingers in so many different things. That's why they're a metaphor and a, or a symbol for them is like the octopus because there's so many different tentacles and all different things. So um, it's just fucking crazy, man, to uh, go into this. And the reason why I talk about this stuff is just because, well, one, I find it important. I find it interesting. I, I kind of I find it fun to look into this kind of shit. And um, to give you the real backstory behind this, because there is uh, real verifiable evidence that this is the way shit's going down. Now, uh, I'm going to read to you some more stuff about brain chips. And this is old news, by the way. There, There's plenty of books written about mind control and operations like MKUltra. And, uh, you know, scientists like Jose Delgado, who would implant little devices which he called the stimosiever into the brain he said they only did it to monkeys and he had a famous bull experiment with with a bull he put one into a bull's head and then he went to spain and uh had this fucking bull run towards him he's waving a little red flag like a matador is that a matador and uh and then he hit this button and then the bull just stopped right in front of him before he killed him and this was in the 50s so the ability to have an effect on the brain using electronic means is very old and something that's been being researched for a long fucking time. The difference now is now they have nanotechnology and now they have wireless technology. So you don't even have to put a little fucking antenna into the spot of the brain that you want to stimulate with an electrical frequency. You just inject the nanobots into the bloodstream and there's so many of them that they go across the whole body and then you just wirelessly fucking beam out the frequency and you fuck with motherfuckers' brains. And, uh, you know, man, like, to an extent, I think this shit's already in us because, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to go there here because I can't verify this, but I think there's some crazy shit going down. But just let's talk about what they already talk about, mainstream this is Neuralink. Elon Musk is all about it, and he says we all need it if if we're going to keep up with the artificial intelligence motherfuckers. So I'm going to talk about interfacing with the brain. Uh, if you go to Neuralink's website, it explains how the brain works, and then you can read about that if you're interested. It talks about neurons and synapses and all this shit that I don't know much about. Uh, but... Here's how the technology works. So it's from neuron to computer. The link. We're designing the first neural implant that will let you control a computer or mobile device anywhere you go. Micron scale threads are inserted into areas of the brain that control movement. Each thread contains many electrodes and connects them to an implant. The link. And it shows a picture of like a little dime-sized computer chip inside someone's skull, in the top of their skull. And it shows a picture of them. It kind of looks like a weird bottle cap, like a weird, you know, a battery you'd put in a watch maybe. It says the link is a sealed implanted device that processes, stimulates, and transmits neural signals. And then it has these like little threads that come off of it, which are called neural threads. 
and it says each small and flexible thread contains many electrodes for detecting neural signals. And it has a charger, which is, it looks like it actually plugs in. So apparently you're going to have to have a fucking lay next to the electrical outlet or maybe get a really long cord. Um, maybe you'll plug in while you sleep, like you start your cell phone, but it plugs into the top of your skull. Uh, compact inductive charger wirelessly connects to the implant to charge the battery from the outside. See, this is misleading. It says that it's it's wireless, but it shows a wire being plugged into it. So I don't know. And uh, the way it's done, the way it's put into your head is through precision automated neurosurgery. The threads on the link are so fine and flexible that they can't be inserted by the human hand. Instead, we are building a robotic system that the neurosurgeon can use to reliably and efficiently insert these threads exactly where they need to be. And then you get the app. You get the Neuralink app. Uh, The Neuralink app will allow you to control your iOS device, keyboard, and mouse directly with the activity of your brain just by thinking about it. See, all this to fucking use your phone. Uh, It's hilarious. Scary. Be in control. The Neuralink app will guide you through exercises that teach you to control your device. Uh, Be autonomous. With a Bluetooth connection, you'd be able to control any mouse or keyboard and experience reality unmediated and in high fidelity. So, you know that, I guarantee you know at least five people who fucking want this shit and will do it no questions asked. Um, It's just crazy, man, you know, this is where we're at, this is what's going on. How many people already have this? Does Elon already have this shit? I think he's a phony. I think he's a phony. Maybe he's just got the Neuralink. That's why he's so smart. Um, so, interesting stuff. In addition to that, I'll read about some other stuff. Uh, what's going on in Texas is crazy. Fucking winter storm in Texas. It's snowing in Austin. That's crazy. Um... People are having their power shut off. They're not able to get water. Uh, Apparently, a lot of the stores are closed, and everything's fucked. Uh, This is from the New York Times. It says, desperate for light and warmth, Texans see no end for winter storm. In central Texas, where many roads have been impassable for days, another barrage of sleet and snow was expected late into Wednesday evening. So it's snowing there right now. Um. Houston, halfway through the week that Texas froze over, everything seemed to be in a state of frigid chaos. Some homes had no water, while others watched it gust from burst pipes into their hallways and living through, uh, living rooms. In Galveston, where dozens had huddled on Monday and Tuesday in a county-run warming center, the newest pressing need was refrigerated trucks to hold the bodies expected to be found in the days ahead. They're always throwing some shit in there. Just bodies, dead bodies. And on Wednesday, more than two and a half million people were still without power, while nearly twice as many were being told to boil their water. The onslaught of winter was far from finished. In central Texas, where many roads have already been impassable for days, another barrage of sleet and snow was expected into late Wednesday evening. The new storm was forecast to march through the mid-Atlantic, hitting parts of North Carolina and Virginia, They're already laboring under the ice from the last storm. 
In Houston, Catherine Sains and her family, like most of their neighbors, have had no power or water for days as the city remains in the grip of the fiercest winter in memory. But they are fortunate. They have a fireplace. Uh, yeah, and it just shows some pictures of what's going on. And it's, you know, it's not a big deal if this was happening here where I live or, if you know, in Colorado or Minnesota, someplace where it snows. But there, they're not prepared for it. Their infrastructure is not built to withstand these temperatures, so it fucks everything up. And uh, is this the dark winter they've been talking to us about and, and warning us about? Some people were foreshadowing a big famine coming and, and stores closing. And, you know, right when COVID hit in March, you had a bunch of people tripping. That's when everyone was buying all the fucking toilet paper and buying all the food. It hasn't happened yet, but is this, you know, are we getting to that point? I don't know. So, you know, prayers go out to the everyone in the in the South, in the dirty South. Hope you guys are all right down there, man. If you have, if anyone's listening um, to this show who's out there, and you want to share your experiences, please send me an email. Or, or if you know anyone, if if you're listening to this and you want to, um, just let me know what's going on. Hit me up. I'll respond. I got you, man. So I enjoy reading them. Um, this is a, a article from Activist Post talking about cell phones. It says export experts warn that cell phones could cause spike in childhood cancer, 400,000 plus diagnosed annually. Uh, I would keep your kids off the phones, man. Their, their, their brain is in development. It's, it's not ready yet. And if you're radiating their brain, it's just not good. And if they have the Bluetooth headphones on top of that, it's a fucking disaster, man. So, phones may cause spike in childhood cancer in new generations. Every year, more than 400,000 kids and adolescents are diagnosed with a form of cancer. And studies are suggesting that spending an excessive amount of time in proximity to electrical devices, particularly smartphones, may play a big part in that statistic. According to the Anadolu Agency report released on the occasion of February 15th, International Childhood Cancer Day... Health ministry data shows that survival rates in childhood cancer vary significantly based on the region. While in countries with a higher level of income, this rate is at 80%. In middle and lower income countries, uh, the percentage drops to 20%. So it goes on to explain what's fucking dangerous. And it says, what emits wireless? Wireless smart TVs, wireless speakers, cell phone towers, any smart tech. Um, so if some people got the lights where you could just tell them to turn on and the Alexas and fucking everything, you know, the Bluetooth, Wi-Fi routers, your laptop, wireless mouse. Oh, fuck, I'm using one of those. Cordless phones and its base station, tablets, cell phones, wireless headphones. Fucking everything, dude. We're fucked. Scary. And it's, uh, jeez. A child slavery lawsuit filed against Mars, Hershey, and Nestle by former child workers in Africa. Eight children have accused chocolate companies like Mondela's, Mars, Hershey, Cargill, Olam, and Barry Calbit, as well as Nestle, of child slavery. They claimed that they formerly were used as slaves. They also claimed the place to be in Ivory Coast's 
cocoa plantations. The children added that these firms had supported such treatment of thousands more children on cocoa farms in their supply chain. That's fucking nuts. That's, uh, you know, what the fuck, Willy Wonka? We gotta bring Willy Wonka back. He never did that. I mean, he had he had midgets or munchkins. Were they munchkins? No, Oompa Loompas is what he had. Um, Maybe that was a play on this. Maybe it's always been child slaves doing the, uh, getting the chocolate. That fucking sucks, man. Uh, this, this, African, like child slavery, it happens in Asia, it happens in Africa, it happens some places here, and it's just the terrible, the most terrible thing ever. I mean, slavery in general. And you know what's bullshit is this year we had the, the whole Black Lives Matter thing, which, yeah, fuck police brutality, fuck the cops, fuck all, fuck racism in general. Um, but, you know, right now we have real life slavery going on, and, uh, like, that never gets mentioned by these organizations. What are they doing to stop this? What are they doing to strike back against these companies? They're not doing shit because these companies promote it. Companies like Nike, who got back behind uh, Colin Kaepernick. And Colin Kaepernick is seen as this fucking revolutionary when he's getting all this money from Nike, who has child slaves. Man, it's all such a fucking joke, these these organizations. There's such bullshit. Doesn't mean everyone involved in them is a bad person. I think a lot of them are just misled. And uh, that tends to be the case with, with most organizations. I'm reading a book right now called The Crowd, and it has to do with the psychology of a crowd. And it's really interesting. Essentially, what happens, and I'm not done, done with the book yet, when I am, I'll talk more about it. But from what I understand this far is when people gang up into a crowd, their normal sensibilities disappear and they almost become controlled by the unconscious. And that's why they just go along. Like the, if you were in a crowd, you would do shit you wouldn't normally do when you're alone. And and you think about things differently and everything changes when you're in a crowd. So that's that's the danger of joining organizations and and movements and anything where you give up your individual autonomy because then you start then things can get bad, you know? That's how big wars happen and and crazy fucking shit, you know? So here's an uplifting article. Despite government fear-mongering, Arizona sees DUIs drop after cannabis legalization. That's cool, right? Smoke a little bit of weed. Because when you smoke weed, when you get high as fuck, you don't really want to go get drunk as fuck on top of that. Because it like, you have that synergistic effect. Don't get me wrong, people do it. I've done it. But I don't do it a lot. Because it's just not as fun. So You kind of want to stick to one, one or the other. Or you could combine them. I'm not going to read that. Uh, This one is a... I'll put all these links up, though, if you're interested. Um, We got stunning images reveal massive commercial jet parking, a jet parking lot amid travel collapse. And it's just pictures of hundreds and hundreds of these planes that just aren't being used because travel's weighed down. 
you're trying to kill grandma if you're if you want to travel. So I'll put these links up. They're interesting pictures to look at. What a waste of money. But think about how we saved the planet. Maybe that's why uh, it's so cold in Texas right now, because because of the global warming being stopped by all the people not traveling on airplanes. No, just kidding. I think the weather's controlled. I think there's some fishy shit going on, but I don't know. Now, I wanted to end with something that's been um, important to me for a long time and just something that kind of changed my life and just the way I think about things um, in general in terms of uh, like some spiritual type shit, I guess it would be called, for lack of a better word, but just thinking about the way the world really works and the true nature of things and some, I was listening to something a while back. I think it was, oh, it was a book about Arthur Schopenhauer. And I'm a big Schopenhauer fan. Schopenhauer was a philosopher. Very fucking smart guy. Weird guy. Kind of a dick. But really, really smart. And uh, had some incredible things to say. And he's the guy who kind of integrated Eastern religion with Western philosophy. And this was back in the 1700s, I think it was. Um, he wrote the book Studies in Pessimism. He wrote the book The World is Will and Representation. And all kinds of good stuff. I would recommend looking into his work. It's thought-provoking. But he said something like, what if, you know, so the majority of your existence, whatever it may be, is spent in whatever realm that death is, in non-existence. So the the... F- From the time the universe was created, they say 7 billion years ago, but who knows? Nobody knows. Um, You weren't here. You weren't in this life, at least. Like, I've only been in this life for 27 years. So, supposedly, the the universe has been around for 7 billion years. Where was I all that time before this? And then when I die, where do I go? I assume I go back to this void or whatever realm I was in before I entered this life. So, uh, he kind of, someone said something like the, um, the living, like the living realm is actually the, uh, fuck, how do I explain this? It's really hard to explain. Uh, basically like life is, life is the weird thing, you know, and non-existence is like the norm. That's, that's the normal part because for so many billions or gazillions of years, you just weren't here. You were in this other realm, this other place, whatever it is, the non-existent, the unconscious, the the other realm, whatever. And then, and then you come into life, like the physical life, for just like a little bit, like a very short amount of time. And then you go back to whatever the fuck, wherever the fuck you were before this. So it's crazy to think about. And it's just like a, a mind fuck to think about that. Like, what is this life and what's going on? And why are we here? And I, I definitely think it's something more than what we're told, what we were told in school and these very poor uh, explanations that were given for things. There's so much more going on. And I definitely do think there's some sort of spiritual element, something that happens when you die, some kind of psychic shit going on between people and, uh, you know, like a greater thing, whether or not that's, you know, whatever... Um, lens you want to look at that through, there's definitely something happening. And you could see that with just the similarities and all of the different religions 
and uh, occult practices and, and the New Age movement and all that. I mean, there's so many different explanations trying to get to the bottom of the same experience. And it's just different ways of explaining it. So one guy who seemed to have a unique approach to examining this this part of existence was a guy named Edgar Casey. Um, I was introduced to Edgar Casey. Well, not personally. The guy was dead since 1945. But uh, I was introduced to his work through a biography that I read about him. Um, it was called The American Prophet, I think was the one I wrote. I read. And it really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff because this guy was fucking on some whole nother level of shit. And he was a psychic and a clairvoyant. And he could uh, go into this other realm where everything that has ever happened ever still existed. And he, he could like read it and interpret it and find out all kinds of crazy stuff. But that's a bad explanation. I'm going to read off of this website here, edgarcasey.org, and just kind of give you an introduction in case you've never heard of this person and uh, you're interested in this kind of stuff, because I find it really interesting. So who was Edgar Cayce? Uh, He was a 20th century psychic and medical clairvoyant. Edgar Cayce, born in 1877 and died in 1945, has been called the sleeping prophet, the father of holistic medicine, and the most documented psychic of the 20th century. For more than 40 years of his adult life, Cayce gave psychic readings to thousands of seekers while in an unconscious state, diagnosing illnesses and revealing lives lived in the past and prophecies yet to come. But who exactly was Edgar Casey? He was born in Hopkinsville, Kentucky in 1877, and his psychic abilities began to appear as early as his childhood. He was able to see and talk to his late grandfather's spirit, and often played with imaginary friends, whom he said were spirits on the other side. And, uh, in the book that I read, it said that his imaginary friends, he played with like fairies and shit is, is what it was explained as. Like this guy was kind of on the, the other realm where, and it, it kind of makes sense if you think about it with how um, limited we are with what we can perceive with on the electromagnetic spectrum, how, how small of a, of a um, area that visible light takes up. So maybe there's some people who just have are able to tap into that other realm and maybe there's other beings and shit that live there too like like fairies you know leprechauns where's that gold uh he always displayed an uncanny ability to memorize the pages of a book simply by sleeping on it these gifts labeled the young casey as strange but all casey really wanted was to help others especially children Later in life, Casey would find that he had the ability to put himself into a sleep-like state by laying down on a couch, closing his eyes, and folding his hands over his stomach. In this state of relaxation and meditation, he was able to place his mind in contact with all time and space, the universal consciousness, also known as the superconsciousness, mind. From there, he could respond to questions as broad as, what are the secrets of the universe and what is my purpose in life, to as specific as, what can I do to help my arthritis, and how were the pyramids of Egypt built? His responses to these questions came to be called readings, and their insights offer practical help and advice to individuals even today. Many people are surprised to learn that Edgar Casey was a devoted churchgoer and Sunday school teacher. At a young age, Casey vowed to read the Bible for every year of his life, 
and at the time of his death in 1945, he had accomplished that task. Perhaps the reading said it best when asked how to become psychic, Casey's advice was to become more spiritual. Uh, Although Casey died more than 60 years ago, the timeliness of the materials in the readings with subjects like discovering your life mission, developing your intuition, exploring ancient mysteries, and taking responsibility for your health is evidenced by the hundreds of books that have been written on the various aspects of his work, as well as the dozen or so titles focusing on Casey's life itself. Um, so it fucking goes into everything he talks about, and it's it's really interesting, because he... What was unique about this guy is he never asked for money from anyone. He didn't, he like died poor. He was poor his whole life. And he would try various things to get money because you would think so, right? If you're psychic, you like go fucking find some treasure or something. And he tried that and he tried to find treasure and he tried to find oil and all this. But for some reason, it never worked for him. And he would go into his readings too, but he was, he wasn't even conscious of his readings. First of all, he used to have, have, have to have a guide there to like walk him through the readings and ask him the questions and it was like something spoke through him because he didn't even remember anything when he woke up but um when asked when they asked the source they called it um like through Edgar Casey they would talk to Edgar Casey while he was sleeping or unconscious and they're like dude where the fuck's the treasure at why can't we find this and the the response went something like you know it's not your time you're not meant to find the treasure you got some other shit you got to do man not treasure time so um yeah watch a documentary about this guy if you're into this kind of stuff it's really interesting um because he talked about all kinds of stuff like you know health related stuff philosophy reincarnation dreams dream interpretation esp psychic phenomenon spiritual growth meditation prayer all kinds of fucking uh interesting stuff and you know he talked about like atlantis he talked about jesus all kinds of cool shit. So if you have never um, been familiar with this guy or never been introduced to him, rather, you can go check it out now. And I'm going to leave it there and uh, say peace out. I'm going to go make dinner. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. I'll catch you next time. Peace out. What do you want? I'm going to kill you, you bastard. <laughs> Uh, here's the jump, jump. All you see is the crook, crooks. Shout out to Havoc. Good looking on the beat. Forever P. Street life was good. About to go in, son. Look, red bones and red bottoms. Like Red Bull, we gon' give them wings. We red dot them. Candy wrappers, send them in. We red hot them. Headshot them. Go against my grain, get head problems. Big dummy garbage rappers, we red fox em. Shoot an actor in high depth and red box em. Tip the scales in my favor, stay in your top ten If life's like a triple bing, I'm weighing my options Y'all like why meth, you high meth Keep a big popper cause I ain't ready to die yet I digress or I'm just too intense to digest Stretched in a Pyrex, compliments to my chef Game ain't been the same since I left Is they really crooks or just a pain in my neck? Wu-Tang, ain't no lanes in my set Fresh pair of Nike ads, I just do it for my check I'll be the first to tell these rappers, get your bars up Shout to P, you know it's havoc when we mob up I tell that smut, date over, pull your drawers up Cigar guts, all up in the club, putting squad up Throw your squad up 
your squad up. Cigar guts all up in the club, putting squad up. I swoop in, shooting like I'm paratrooping. We all in, we riding, we carpooling. My whole crew, we diving, we blood tuning. Salute me or shoot me, Huey P. Newton. Your buffoonery is quite amusing. This is not monkey business, stop cooning. It's a method to my madness, I know what I'm doing. There's a reason why I'm winning and you said he's losing. I'm about to blow like I'm ballooning. Then show my whole ass when I'm black mooning. Got your girl in the green room, teaspooning. Hit my man with the give and go, alley oop him. Spit Jeff Jans when I'm crushed grooving. I'm appealing with success and just keep it moving. I'm heavy hitting and you barely bruising Come through mob deep like a movie reunion I'll be the first to tell these rappers get your bars up Shout to P, you know it's havoc when we mob up I tell that smut, date over, pull your drawers up Cigar guts, all up in the club, putting squad up Throw your squad up Throw your squad up Throw your squad up Cigar guts, all up in the club, putting squad up Black Tims and Black Masks Basuda, niggas know they rap trash My shooters, get all up in that ass I maneuver, finish shit, no half-ass Little niggas, we birthed y'all for real though Protect your neck, you stomped out with steel toes My real bros, respect the code, is real, yo Y'all new niggas, looking like some weirdos But y'all niggas is co-signing Shook the whole iron, these little hoes be lying That bullshit bull by it, on points, so don't try it Wild like doing riots on Rikers Al, you hiding from the realness is real kid Having meth in the building Forever pee to infinity Whoever don't like it Cut that nigga, let the fucker bleed I'll be the first to tell these rappers Get your bars up Shout to pee, you know it's havoc when we mob up I tell that smut, date over Pull your drawers up Cigar guts, all up in the club Putting squad up Throw your squad up Throw your squad up Throw your squad up Cigar guts all up in the club Putting squad up